Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. DJ Manny. Manny. L. Scoop B Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bonds said, yo, the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word from Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scoop B said, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment. He give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews. He give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast. The joint and the journalist. The GOAT. So why ask? Watch out. Watch out. What about it? If he naming them, Scoopy.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it's going up for this talking. This is Scoopy Radio. You're listening to Scoopy Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoopy. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoopy Radio. At the school bus. At the ice cream truck on the airplane, you're enjoying Scoopy Radio. And most importantly, it's in your earphones. Scoopy Radio, the only place where you find never-before-released interviews or just exclusive interviews with me and the world. I am Brandon Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at ScoopB. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Scoop underscore B. Make sure to follow me on Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure that you subscribe to Scoop B Radio on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, everywhere in between. Or simply visit ScoopyRadio.com. This episode of Scoop B Radio is brought to you by Wooter Clothing. Make sure you visit Wooter's website and you use the promo code SNOOP, S-N-O-O-P. And you get exclusive offers on your first purchase of Snoop excuse me, of Wooter Clothing. They just did a partnership with Master P. They're on the upswing. And this episode of Scoopy Radio features Kenyon Martin. This is part one of the Scoopy Radio series. We talk about his Nets days. We talk about a lot of stuff. And DJ Maniel, cue the tape in five, four, three, two, one. It's Squilly, y'all. 
Lay some treats on us. This is Scooby Radio. Scooby Radio on the line with Kenyon Martin. Um, so listen, Radio. I sent my sister a text message this morning asking her, what the hell would you ask Kenyon Martin if she was interviewing you? For the record, she was four when you were drafted by the Nets. And her fondest memory of you was pointing to the tattoo on your chest that said, badass yellow boy. She used to imitate you doing it. She's 20 now. So she wanted me to ask you, why were you so hype about being a badass yellow boy? It's just what we grew up around, man. That's what um, we call light-skinned people from Dallas, man. You know, I'm from Texas, so that's what we call light-skinned people from down south. So for me to, to have that tattoo, I was proud of my work. You know what I'm saying? So I was letting people know that I'm a badass yellow boy. And everybody around my neighborhood and where I'm from, like, oh, I'm saying, uh, out in Dallas, I'm saying, they appreciated that. And then me showing on the cover of the Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. Why do people have the perception that you are mean? Are you mean or are you competitive? I'm competitive, man. Uh, I'm a mean person. Um, I don't uh, I don't walk around with a frown on my face daily. I I just don't offer smiles when I'm saying when they're not needed. I don't I don't Scoop move for people. I don't um, I'm not outgoing to, to people that I don't know. Sure. So they come across as being mean or arrogant, whatever people might want to classify it as. But the people that know me, man, I'm one of the kindest, hardest people you'll ever meet. I'm saying I give you the shirt off my back if you deserve it. You know what I'm saying? If you, I'm saying, but I'm not a mean person at all. If you know me, um, I react to situations. I don't bother people. Right. Um, I've always reacted to situations. Um, I have a zero tolerance for BS. So um, I'm quick to let you know how I feel. I speak my mind. And a lot of people can't uh, handle the truth. So when you speak your mind and you're truthful, people look at that as being mean at times. So like whatever people want to classify, but I don't, I'm not a mean person at all. Man. One thing that I've always been curious about, you played your tail off in the 2003 finals against the San Antonio Spurs. I've always admired your grit. Um, many people say the Nets, uh, out of the two championships that you guys appeared in, you had the best chance to win the 2002 NBA finals. Do you agree? Yeah. Um, if we go home and uh, we win, because we won, um, we split in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And um, so we came home and they went up one, um, two games to one, then we tied it up at two. So it was 2-2. Two, two. And, and we lost game five. You know, so that kind of put us behind the eight ball, having to go back to San Antonio to get a game. Was you know, it so you? No, nah, nah, it's just they had a good team, man. Tim Duncan played his ass off. Like he he made timely plays, blocks, and all that, and that's why he was the Finals MVP. You know he played his ass off. I got to take my hat off to him. You know what I'm saying he he really played well. You know what I'm saying he put him on his back, and and they followed him. And guys made open shots when they had to. Like Stephen Jackson made timely threes in Game Six. Like it was, so it was. I'm saying it was a collective effort, but Tim definitely led them. But we definitely had opportunity, man, to win that. Scoop B Radio. You look like a, you look like one of those old school West Coast movies where guys weren't scared in the in the in the O two finals against the uh, the Lakers. You guarded Shaq. You guarded Kobe at times. You guarded Ori. What was that experience like in the finals against the Lakers for you? Oh, it was um, it was a wake up call. Um, just so like how 
how well a good team played together, man. But I've always, man, I ain't never been afraid when it comes to basketball. It was nothing, period. But but especially basketball, man. I'm not a, I'm not afraid to mix it up with guards, big men, and all that. So, but that experience against them was, like, damn, they got a good team, man. That's what we need to get to. But Shaq was dominant that series, man. But, but just being out there with them and me playing on that level and me holding my own and me helping my team possibly be in a position to win, um, I'm saying that meant that I was there. You know what I'm saying? That meant a lot, I'm saying, for my career and my confidence moving forward. People in New Jersey often said, what if? What if y'all didn't, you and the Nets didn't part ways? Where would you guys have been had you stayed? Oh, we'd have had a couple championships, no doubt. Scoop B Radio. You no, know, um, I think we were a couple moves Scoop away. Radio. I think we needed, at, at the time, we needed a a true center um, to deal with the likes of Shaq and them. Um, but uh, I, I definitely think we would have had a couple championships by now because us and the Pistons would have battered it out um, from time to time, you know what I'm saying? So it ain't a doubt in my mind what we could have did, you know what I'm saying? Had had management not made the decision not to pay me. If you would have went back in time, would you still left or would you? Or would yeah, you... No, they didn't offer, like, it, it wasn't up to me, man. Like, they didn't offer me a contract. Okay. Like, that's what people, like, don't know. Like, them people didn't offer me a contract, man. You know what I'm saying? So when I was, so they offered me the year before I, um, the year before I left to, um, to go to Denver, the summer before. Mm-hmm. They offered me six years, sixty-six million. Right. I turned it down. I told them, no, I'll play the year out, and I'll see how it go. And I made the All-Star team the next year. I remember. You know, so they made the decision not to pay me, and it, and it was because of new management. It wasn't because of Rod Thorne. It wasn't because of um, Lawrence Frame. Them didn't want me there. No, it was management. It was Bruce Ratner. He was majority owner of the group that bought the team. And they made the decision not to pay me. And they didn't even call and offer me a contract. So I waited around, I waited around, I waited around, and they never called. Katie, so I'm I had curious. to do what was best for me and my family. I'm curious. Um, when I went to college, uh, I went to college in Oak Shore. Uh, I went to school in Philly. So I was out of tune what was going on with the Nets at the time. But I remember that being the transition year um, when Byron Scott was out and Lawrence Frank was in. Um Help me out. Why you guys started off the season kind of slow? What was it? Was it NBA Finals appearance uh, comfortability? What was it that you guys started off so slow that year? Oh, we had a target on our back, man. Teams playing better. Teams wanted to beat us. You know what I'm saying? So we're gonna get teams best shot. Teams they just ain't gonna let us keep running through the East. You know, so teams got better. We, I don't think we made enough moves to to better our team. But well, we was right there, you know what I'm saying? We proved that we were still one of the better teams in the East. You know, so, yeah, it was just one of those things, man. So we, I think Indiana came in first that year and, yeah. and, and the East or whatnot. So, yeah, it was just one of them things, man. We, uh, teams got better, and and I think we stayed the same. Hmm. That, to me, that's kind of like the Sixers when they went to the finals in 2000, when they played the Lakers that year. The yeah. Sixers came out of nowhere. Iverson stepped up big. Larry Brown was coaching his butt off. But the very next year, they Pete, I feel like the Eastern Conference caught up with them. Yeah, I feel like that's the, what it is. Yeah. You got to make moves, man. I'm saying you can't stay the same. You got to make moves. You got to see what you need, what you're missing. But you got to make moves. 
Here's a wild card. If you and Vince Carter were both on the Nets with Jay Kidd and the other guys would have stayed, would you guys have won a title? Yes. Why? Without a doubt. Scoop B Radio. Without a doubt. Why? Wow. Well, that's one of the, like, that's a great piece. You know what I'm saying? We were running, jumping, having fun, being athletic. And he fit right in with that. I feel that your style of play was ahead of its time. Uh, I feel like many players now play like you. Um, how would you fare in today's NBA? I think I, I, think I can hold my own. Uh, I think the way the game is laid, like you said, I think that's the way I play the game of basketball. With another element added to it, I'm a, I'm a defender. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a, I feel like I can score the ball with given opportunities. Um, I can score the ball because I'm not going to do stuff that I'm that's not my strong suit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I do. And yeah, no, nah, there's just the floor is wide open for athletes to go and make plays. And I'm a, I will be a two way player, so without a doubt. You know, so I think I would fare well in this NBA. You played with Jason Kidd in New Jersey and with the New York Knicks. Lonzo Ball is compared to him. Do you see the comparisons? Um, the way the size comparison, I see he's tall, athletic, like J. Kidd was coming out. Um, I haven't seen that, that 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 he passes the ball well because the mm-hmm. floor is wide open right now. Right. Um, but J. Kidd has had that one vision, man. I'm not going. He has to show me a little more. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm I'm a big I'm a big time J. Kidd fan. Even before I played on the team with me growing up in Dallas, him coming there when I was in high school, man, and watching him. So, B Radio. You know, uh, so I saw J. Kidd when he first came in, and that was stuff he was doing, man, at an early age. Uh, I guess tougher defense, uh, so to speak. But uh, I'm saying we'll see. I'm saying that he, the kid, can play. I'm not taking anything away from him, but mm-hmm. he has to show me more. You talked about growing up in Dallas and watching Jason Kidd play. Did when did you meet him when you were younger? When was the first time you guys met? Uh, when I got to the league, actually. Okay. Jason Kidd, until we got to the league, um, I met Jim Jackson and Jamal Mashburn. Uh, they came to my high school. Wow. Um, we had some, like, little um, ceremony or something, and they brought Jim Jackson Jamal Mashburn. And I, I'm saying, I'm young, naive. I know I'm the man on my high school team. So I'm challenging them to a game in the stands, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I'll take y'all in the gym right now. <laughs> Not knowing they would have bust my ass. <laughs> they in the, the league scoring 50 you know what I'm saying I'm in high school right now I'm talking listen, I'm talking cash mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like like I can do this man they would have worked me out because I had to guard him when I came into the league I had to guard Jamal when I came into the league like so he was like one of the things like, like alright bro like I'm here now like it's four years later but hey I'm here now so <laughs> I asked my mother um, if she was going to interview you, what would she ask? And she said to me, you seem fearless. Nobody can touch you. You seem very Superman-like. What is your greatest fear? Um, my greatest fear is, ah, uh, there's a couple, but the number one thing, uh, me not being there for my family. Um, um, Cause we went without for so long, man, and just me not being able to provide and be there for my family and all that shit. Why did you and Alonzo Mourning not see eye to eye in New Jersey? 
It was one incident um, that we got into it about, but I think Joe looked at me like I, I should be working as hard as he was, like in shoot around and like all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I wasn't a shoot around guy. Yeah. I've never been that. Like I just don't because I've never understood the purpose of shoot around. <laughs> you know, I, I'm being honest. Like I never understood the purpose of shoot around. So, right. like, I like, like, why? I'm saying, why are we here? And I'm gonna go back home and go to sleep. So. <laughs> That was my thing. So Joe used to go dumb hard mm-hmm. all the time. He was he because it was the Pirelli school. I'm saying he going one ten all the time, and I guess I wasn't doing that. And then um, I, I had my um, I sprained my ankle. Um, I guess Minnesota or whatnot. Then I came back, and so we we're practicing. Um, at one of the practices, sorry, one of the practices, mm-hmm. we an offensive rebounding drill, and um, it's me and RJ on the same team, and him and whoever was on the other team. So we um we um so we doing the drill or whatnot. So whoever gets like the most offense rebounds of the team gotta run or whatnot. Have many offense rebounds you gave up, you gotta do a center down and back or whatnot. Right. So we're on the sideline like laughing and joking about this way, like, oh they can keep us off the glass, but we was having a good time. It ain't nothing serious at that point. So Zoe get mad. And go at me like, oh, you such a leader. Won't you get your ass off the training table? This, that, and the third. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, hell, you talking about, bro? So me being like, I'm like, man, you need to worry about your mother. Like, yo, I'm some, my exact words with me. You need to worry about your motherfucking kidneys and quit worrying about me. <laughs> and he didn't like that too much. Who won the fight? <laughs> we didn't even know. We didn't get, it wasn't, there wasn't no punches thrown. Listen, no, I told him straight like this when he got mad and he acted like he wanted to do something. And Aaron Williams grabbed him. I said, no, nah, train, let him go. Like, nigga, I told him, boy, I've seen your fight with Larry Johnson. I'll wear you out in here. <laughs> I told him, said, I'll wear you out in here. I've seen your fight with LJ. Okay. So that's all that was, you know what I'm saying? So after the fact, when I realized that I'm saying, well, what I had said was that it was hurtful, so I apologized to him. Right. I'm saying that never got noted. You know what I'm saying? I apologize to the man. Like, yeah, maybe I took it over the line. You know what I'm saying? But at the time, like, I wanted that action. Like, you coming at me for no, like, no reason. You're listening to Scoop B Radio. I love it. Love it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 